1: The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM. The Phantom, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually. Not here, but, but somewhere else. A, disco, uh, a location. I cannot disclose to you because he doesn't want to be mobbed by his fans. He is Toby Altizer from 1067 fan. fan and Team 980 in Washington D.C. and follow him on Twitter at Toby underscore Altizer. Nathan Marzian uh, hanging out up north partying, uh, so he's not able to be on this podcast. But Toby Altizer is, uh, and uh, you're you're heading out to the Brewers game, I, I hear coming up. Uh, while we're recording this Monday afternoon, you're going. I to was Brewers disappointed.
0: Game I was disappointed. I didn't get to see Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks when they were in town for the national series, but get to see him out here in Milwaukee. So not too bad. Get to go back to Miller park again. I haven't been there in, I guess a year, but it's going to be fun to be back.
1: Yeah. uh, Make sure to Google search American family field though, when you go to find it, because I, if you put it into the map, I'm still
0: calling it Miller park.
1: Yeah, that's okay. You can call it Miller park. I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I just got back from St. Louis. I was in St. Louis since Tuesday A kid had a baseball tournament there, and I got to go see New Bush Stadium. It's not new anymore, but to me, it still is. Last time I was in St. Louis, Old Bush Stadium, I went to a Cardinals game there for the... So I could say I was inside that stadium and checked it out before they tore it down. And the New Bush Stadium was built, kind of like Miller Park, where it was in the outfield of County Stadium. Same thing here, outside the center field fence or whatever. So it was my first time back uh, to check that stadium out. That's nice. like That baseball village or whatever they call it uh, around there, and all the bars and stages and live music playing, and they did a real good job in St. Louis putting that thing together. Have you been there before?
0: I haven't been there, but speaking of first times at ballparks, I went down to Wrigley for the first time on ah, Friday. So beautiful. that was pretty cool. That
1: was. Yeah, pretty it cool. used to be the neighborhood dump. I made fun of it forever. I hated it. I thought it sucked. It smelled like urine when you walked into that damn park. I just didn't like anything about it, and I went down there a couple of years ago because my 7-year-old is a Cubs fan. Don't ask. Um, so we took him down, uh, to go check out his first Cubs game. So we got to go see it. And we've been on there a couple of times since. And what they did to the outside of Wrigley is cool too. Now St. Louis has done on a much bigger scale outside of what they did, um, than what Wrigley was able to do, but way better, way better than Wrigley field used to be, uh, back in the day. I don't know if it still has the original Wrigley field to it, uh, necessarily, Uh, As far as, you know, oh, this is legendary Wrigley. Like Fenway has been redone. I've not been there. But you still have the big green wall. And I guess you still have the ivy on the wall for Wrigley. But those gigantic scoreboards out there and everything else really changes the feel of what that thing really was.
0: Yeah, I still liked it, though. I mean, it was my first time, so I don't have anything to base it off of old right. Wrigley, but it still looks like an old ballpark. It looks like what you would imagine an older ballpark would look like. It's You can still watch a game there and enjoy your time, so I enjoyed yep. it. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, so we got to get to uh, the NBA. It is the green and growing podcast. I'd love to do a baseball podcast with Toby because I think it would be a lot of fun, but either way, let's talk uh, about the NBA. Why Toby Altizer? Because his team out there in D.C., is the one in the news uh, in the last several days. Bradley Beal uh, and the Washington Wizards uh, agreeing that he is no longer going to be on the Washington Wizards. Now, that deal, as we record, is not finalized. Uh, They are still working on the details. Uh, And I saw Chris Paul was on the, what is it, Good Morning America on ABC. Uh, And Chris Paul said uh, he found out on the plane ride over to New York yesterday uh, that he was being traded. That's when he first heard about it. Uh, And then quickly uh, changed the subject because you could tell he was pissed uh, that this whole (laughs) thing was going on because obviously he doesn't want to play for the Wizards. Uh, And the latest reports that I saw were the Wizards and we're now trying to find a third team to get involved to possibly trade for Chris Paul to get him out of D.C. and D.C. now able to uh, you know be able to get something else in return uh, besides Chris Paul that might fill what they're doing. Before we get into the details of the trade and so forth, is this the Wizards pretty much saying, dude, we're going to suck for a while now and Uh, that that's kind of what this is. And we're moving on from Bradley Beal and it's kind of no fair for him to have to go through it.
0: Uh, I wouldn't say it's no fair for him to have to go through it. I think that a lot of wizards fans are thrilled with the trade and they didn't care what they got back. I think when you look at the, the contract he was given, you look at how handcuffed the franchise was with that. They just are happy to get out of that contract. And It seemed like it was a pretty clear vision when Tommy Shepard was still the GM of the Wizards that they were going to keep Beal, they were going to keep Porzingis, they were going to keep Kuzma, and they were basically going to run it back and hope that they could be better, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because when you're trying to win, which they were this past season, and you can't even make the play-in tournament, you should probably try something else. And I think once they saw that Rui Hachimura went out to L.A. and started playing better and various things, and Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards, just got a little frustrated, I think, with some of the planning of the the franchise with Tommy Shepard. So when he moved on from Tommy, I think it was uh, really the first sign that they were probably going to move on from Beale And who knows what happens with the rest of the offseason with the Wizards, but... For the most part, the Wizards have been a team that doesn't like to rebuild. Ted Leonsis has said as much, saying we will never, ever, ever rebuild. But it looks like he understands at this point where the franchise is. You tried last season, couldn't make it. You should probably move on from Beal. You should probably move on from these guys and get picks. And I think once they decided to bring in Michael Winger and Dawkins and Schlank, it, it was time to move on. And these guys found a way to get the contract off their books as soon as possible and get it some draft picks. But I think for the most part, their top priority was just getting Beal's contract off the books, get it to some other team that was willing to take it. And obviously Phoenix looks like the team that's willing to take it. So I think that overall Wizards fans are pretty happy. I was actually kind of surprised to see the general reaction around the NBA when it was announced that Beal was more than likely going to be traded. I saw Bucks fans were in on it. I saw, you know, various other teams were excited about it. Heat fans were excited and wizards fans were kind of along the lines of go ahead, have him. And we don't really care what we get back. I talked about this on one Oh six, seven the other day where what's the priorities here when you try to trade Beal? Is it, you know, squarely just move on from the contract? Is it try to get young guys? Is it try to get picks? And it seems like the general consensus was we'd love to get young guys, we'd love to get picks, but the number one thing, and we don't really care about the others, just get his contract off the books. And that's what they did. And No, it looks like a small return, but when you have a trade like this going down with a contract like that and a guy that has a full no-trade clause – You're not going to get a whole lot, especially for a guy like Bradley Beal, who isn't on the same level as a guy like a Kevin Durant or even, you know, James Harden at his peak. He's a guy that is a solid NBA player. I don't know that you could say he's a superstar anymore. I think he was bordering on that when, you know, he's averaging about 30 a game. But I don't think you could say that anymore. So I I think overall, it, it looks like an underwhelming return for the Wizards. But at the same point, they're just happy to get that contract off the books.
1: Let's talk about that uh, deal in general. So Beal goes to Phoenix uh, as of right now. Now, again, they're going to try and work on a third team here. But as of right now, it's Chris Paul, Landry Schammett, uh, multiple second-round picks, multiple pick swaps. And then Beal will waive his no-trade clause to facilitate the deal. Now, again, as you pointed out, there were teams that were interested. Milwaukee was pitching. Miami was pitching. There were teams that were in. Uh, and according to reports that I've seen between Sharania uh, and uh, Wojnarowski. Uh, There were better deals that the Wizards could have had. The problem it was, was that Bradley Beal said, I'm only going to go to Phoenix. That's the deal. I'm only going there. Well, once you do that, you're screwed. Uh, And I also heard that the owner of the Suns talked to Beal. The whole front office of the Suns called him at one point or another. Durant was involved. Booker was involved. That's where I'd be pissed, I think, if I was Chris Paul. And, And I don't know Paul's relationship with Devin Booker. But I'd be hot. Like, if we're boys and you're going out trying to recruit somebody and you know I'm out of here, if this deal happens, I'd be pissed. Durant and him, I don't know what the relationship is, so maybe it's not great anyhow. It doesn't matter. Uh, But when you hear there are players out there recruiting this dude, knowing that the supposed vet leader type guy and Chris Paul is going to be on the way out because of it, that doesn't speak very highly about the relationship Chris Paul had with these guys.
0: Well, and I don't quite understand the fit of Beal as opposed to a guy like a Chris Paul. I think it was a clear fit with Chris Paul because he's the point guard. He can go back to more of that facilitating role with getting Durant over there. And you have two clear scorers in Durant and Booker. And now you add in Bradley Beal. And I think this is where the Wizards went wrong with Bradley Beal is they tried to make him into a playmaker. And he's not. He's a shooting guard. He's a true number two where he can go out there and shoot the basketball. And you know he's got playmaking ability, so I'm not saying that he shouldn't be one to pass. But at the same point, when you try to make him a point guard, I think you take away from his skill set. And I think that's what the Wizards have done. And so now you get rid of Chris Paul and you're going to have Booker, Beal and Durant. All three are primarily ball dominant players that like to score the basketball and don't facilitate. And that's on top of the fact that the Suns don't have a lot of depth now because they basically have five dudes under contract next season, basically. And three of them are Durant, Booker, and Beal. And we just saw a team in the Western Conference win the whole thing that they're built on depth. And even when the Bucs were at their best, they're built on depth. Obviously, they have the star studded up front, but they already had the stars. You need the depth in the NBA these days, and they just don't have it. So I'm not sure that this move for Phoenix is going to put them over the top. You see – you know, all the all the media outlets put out, All are they the favorites in the Western Conference? I don't think so. I think it's still Denver.
1: You know, the other thing, The Athletic tweeted this out. Only 10 NBA player contracts in NBA history have included a true no trade clause. David Robinson, John Stockton, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Carmelo, and Bradley Beal. I'm surprised that Giannis's isn't a true no trade, but according to The Athletic, these are the only two. Now, obviously, Bradley Beal does not fit into that list, and whoever negotiated that deal in Washington is nuts. But either way, because that deal was put together, it limited the return that, obviously, the Wizards could get back. So now with it going to a three-team trade, it appears, for Chris Paul— as somebody that covers the Wizards, Toby Altizer, what are you hoping comes back as uh, additional stuff coming back instead of Chris Paul?
0: Picks, honestly, just picks. Um, I don't know that it's it's definitely not going to be a first round pick, but give me some second rounders. Um, I'm generally not one that likes picks. That's generally not where i I, I like to go. But at the same point... That's kind of where you're at. You'd like to get some young players and some young talent, but that's just not going to happen for the contract that is Chris Paul for how old he is. So, honestly, at this point, just just give up picks. And one quick thing on your your no-trade clause thing that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski was talking about, and we've played it multiple times in D.C., with the full no-trade clause, not only does he control where he goes, he essentially plays GM. He gets to pick what the compensation is as well. So it's kind of a crazy dichotomy. What do you mean he gets you, to pick what the compensation is? If he doesn't like it, he can just say no. You know, so if they were to say, Oh, hey, we're so gonna- if
1: the other team is giving up too much, Be- Beal could simply veto it.
0: 100%. So if he were sitting there and they were giving up, you know, more than they'd like and say they had to include, you know, it wouldn't happen, but say they had to include a player like a Booker or a Durant in the trade. And he said, well, I, I want to play with those guys. So nope, not going to happen. So that's kind of the situation. When you have that kind of control like Beal had, and you have that kind of contract, and he's not the player that he once was, well, that's how you end up with the trade package that the Wizards got.
1: That That is nuts. Uh, the Craig Carden Show uh, put out uh, this morning what his top six Western Conference teams are. He's got New Orleans at six, and we'll get to Zion Williamson. Five Grizzlies, we'll get to John Morant. Four the Suns at four. The team that everybody has ranked super high going into next year, and we'll see, the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers at two, and they're not even being mentioned for Chris Paul in this three-team swap. I'm not seeing them. I've seen the Clippers involved, seeing the Heat involved, and some other teams, but I have not seen anything involving the Lakers. And the Nuggets uh, are the other ones. So Nuggets are one, Lakers, Kings, Suns, Grizzlies, Pelicans. Uh, you've said there's no way Suns would be your team. Kings, are. you said the Nuggets would be your team and not the Suns. Uh, do you agree with that list? How would you change it?
0: Um, I don't know that I disagree with, uh, you know, it's it's kind of all up in the air. It's one thing with the Western Conference is they're, they're very star-studded over there, and they're still much better than the Eastern Conference. Yes. I think you could shake it a lot of different ways, but in my opinion, it's still just Denver over there because they found a way to win it this year, and I think that's the thing that was really holding them back. I think if Denver had won it a couple of years ago, there'd be no question that Denver would still be at the top, but them having struggled for a couple of years to get past uh, really you know, the second round of the playoffs for them, it, it put a shadow over them, kind of like the Bucks had for a little while, where they're a very good team, but they hadn't gone anywhere yet. Now they've won an NBA title, and they kind of, I think deserve the respect that they've kind of earned over the last couple of years, where I think they're the best team out there. So, you know, maybe the Lakers come back. I kind of think that LeBron showed some, he showed that he's a little bit older in the playoffs, especially like he can still play very well. I don't think that you can overreact and say he's not still a top 10 player in the NBA. I don't, I don't think that's reasonable, but at the same point, I think he showed some signs of age and I think that's just going to continue to get worse as he gets older and older. I think that he can still play at a high level, but he can't do it as long or he can't do it as much. So I I think that overall it's still the Nuggets out West.
1: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I think it's still the Nuggets out West uh, as well, but the West is a mess. Like There there is no question. Between the Pelicans and the Zion Williamson thing, and the report coming out that there's no relationship between Zion and the front office, which is ridiculous, because they paid that dude a ton of money when he barely played, Uh, to a long-term deal. So there doesn't seem like there's a lot of commitment there. So that those trade rumors are circulating right now about, you know, where might Zion Williamson get traded to if the Pelicans decide to move on from him. Uh, Brandon Ingram appears like they're not willing to trade Brandon Ingram. So they're going to build around Ingram. Would you, if you're uh, a team in transition or trying to build like say the Pistons, maybe one of those teams I've heard mentioned be wanting a Zion Williamson at this point, or would you be, All about buyer beware. Let them go play somewhere else.
0: I think it's got to be buyer beware because you might get a fantastic basketball player that only plays for you 25 games every two years. And you can't do that sort of thing. And that's one of those trades that you might make and you get excited about and the whole fan base gets on board with and they're selling jerseys and it goes down as one of the worst trades in your franchise's history cuz he just never plays for you or he just set your team back and i think that you cannot give up assets for a guy like Zion Williamson i think someone will i think someone's going to bet on him and you know maybe it works out for him but the risk is just too great for the reward in my opinion i think that Zion Williamson i think he's a solid basketball player i don't know that he ever reaches that you know that that hype that he had coming in i don't think he ever reaches that and they're probably going to want a price that's still assuming he can get to that. So I don't know that he's going to go for as high as you would expect. Like uh, like I'm saying, I, I don't know that you're going to have him go for a crazy amount. But at the same point, it's not like he's going to go for nothing. So I, I just could not give up assets for Zion Williamson at this point. What
1: situation benefits him the most to get the most out of him? Does he have to go to a team where he's definitely not the one, where there's a veteran established superstar that can kind of take him under his wing of like, dude, this is how we're going to do it. We're gonna to train together. You're gonna to eat with me, and we're gonna do this together, and you're gonna be a rock star like everybody thought you were gonna be. Um, because I I to me, that makes the most sense. To me, it is uh you're putting yourself in a bad situation if you put them on a team, the bunch of young dudes that are still trying to prove themselves uh, and get their footing in the NBA that aren't winning, and then to put him out there as that guy to be that that leader, that most hype, high, highly priced player on, on that NBA team, I think it'd be a complete disaster.
0: I just don't know that he's a number one, period, even when he's at his best. It's not like he's a great ball handler by any means, and I think he's okay in the low post, but he's more so a Blake Griffin style when they had Chris Paul right he's going to be a guy that can benefit from a really good point guard and i think you're right on with the the veteran leadership he needs someone that's going to get him serious about the nba otherwise this guy is going to have a really disappointing short career because at this point he's you know not in shape he's injured all the time and unless he does something to fix this you know if it's if it were injuries that were freak injuries it'd be one thing but if it's injuries because you don't want to get in shape, it's injuries because you're carrying too much weight. Those things can be avoided if you get the right veterans with him to kind of put him in shape. And what I about just Miami, th- I think that would be intriguing. I think that with would Butler be really and intriguing. Bam Adebayo. The problem is when you get to a place like a Miami that has that kind of culture, you have to make sure the guy's going to fully buy in. I'm not sure that Zion would fully buy in. And the way that they pay, play basketball too. It's very tenacious. I don't know that I've ever seen Zion be that kind of player either. And it's South Beach. <laughs> That's also valid. <laughs> I mean, it's also South Beach. I mean, we could
1: talk about the culture, quote unquote, about the basketball program. But when you're not in that facility, it's still you and South Beach. And mm-hmm. you have to make the right choices and do the right things and not eat yourself out of the league or make some other dumb choices uh, going forward. So it'll be interesting. I think Zion Williamson gets moved here. I, I, I don't. I don't know if Zion Williamson gets moved at the top of the draft for uh, some high draft pick or if it ends up being a culmination of players for Zion Williamson at some point. Uh, Because let me ask you this. Does Zion Williamson sell tickets? If, say, the Pistons uh, were to get Zion Williamson or the Orlando Magic were to get Zion Williamson, I'm just throwing out bad teams. does, Does that name, oh, we got Zion Williamson going to buy my season tickets. Does he still sell tickets?
0: I think he does, but not as much as he once did. I think he still does. I mean, it's still Zion. It's still going to, even though he's out of shape, you see him, oh, he could have played tonight because he's throwing down dunks and warm-ups. Right. I, I think you still sell tickets because he is still a freak athlete, but I don't think he sells tickets because you're winning.
1: What about John Moran? That's the next team on, on Cardin's list here no, at number five. Ooh. I saw a tweet today. I forgot who it was from. Somebody said, uh, John Moran's camp is not happy. Uh, that the NBA media is out to get him. And I said John Morant needs a new camp. Yeah. That that's 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 the biggest thing that needs to be learned here. You can apologize to the cows come home. I don't I don't buy anything he says. Nothing. We heard it once, went right back to it. Now he's doing it again because I'm sure he's being told to do it again. He's suspended 25 games, which to be honest with you, won't be enough. But he's gonna get suspended 25 games, and here we go again. If you're the Grizzlies. Are you willing to play ball and continue to deal with this? Or are you thinking about trying to see what you can get for John Morant?
0: It's crazy, but I think you got to stick it out. I really do. I think if you're looking at the Grizzlies, you're looking at it saying we could be one of the best teams in the Western Conference if we could get our guys to act right. And who knows if you can get that to happen. But the path to doing it, if you move on from John Morant, isn't as clear because you might bring some people in, but it I just don't think that you can do it. So it's crazy to think, but I would say you have to hold on to John, hope that he gets things figured out and gets that camp figured out because you're dead on. I mean, you can get frustrated at the media and us for talking about you all you want, but we're just relaying facts and we're just looking at the video just like everyone else is. And you're in a league that is very political and it's in its own right. And you're doing things that they don't approve of. And yep. they have to come down hard on these things. Most and political I think, league uh, around pro sports yeah. by far. And I think it's crazy because, like you said, 25 games. I thought it was going to be somewhere upwards of 40 yep. because, you know, 25 games is big. Don't get me wrong. It's still over a, a quarter of the season, over a third of the season. But at the same point, like for Adam Silver to come out and say, yeah, we're going to wait till after the NBA finals, like we're laying down the hammer. I expected 40 games, so for him to only get 25, I mean, they got to feel lucky, and if you're John Morant, you better get this stuff figured out, man, because you have the potential to be one of the all-time greats, but you also have the potential to be an all-time bust because you have all the talent, and it's not injuries, it's not any of that, it's just you being an idiot off the floor.
1: Yep, no question. Another team in the West that's in some flux here, the Golden State Warriors. They're one of the teams rumored to be interested in being a part of this three-team deal uh, for Chris Paul. Now, I'll say this. If I was the Wizards, i want them in. And, and that that's simple and sweet because they got a bunch of young dudes that I'd have interest in, whether it's Poole, Kaminga, whoever. I'm interested in a couple of their young guys to bring out to D.C. to try and help my team play kind of going forward. And immediately it's like, why the hell is Golden State want Chris Balfour? They got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Well, Klay Thompson's going in the last year of his deal. All right, this last year of his deal. Draymond Green declined his player option at $27.5 mm-hmm. million. I really hope for his sake he's got somebody willing to pay him more than that. I mean, I hope he has it in the bank and whoever it is has already told him, yeah, dude, we'll give you 35 or whatever it is. There's no way. You can mark this down. No way that his reputation will be what it is somewhere else it's not going to happen no Ain't i mean no he fit, chance he whoever overpays this dude is going to live with regret forever you saw what this dude was when they had injuries he was crap absolute yeah. crap and when they're healthy and you got shooters all over the place fine that makes sense like if he were to go to phoenix for on a minimum deal okay yeah he'd be great in phoenix right pass it to Beal pass it to Booker okay fine yeah that that'll work but unless you've got really good shooters around him, there there's nothing there because he ain't going to score.
0: He fit perfectly in Golden State. Yes. And so for him to go anywhere else and expect to have any sort of production, I think is crazy. We'll see what happens there. And I think this is obviously the reason why Bob Meyer stepped down. He didn't want to see all this. He's the one that saw all the championships and he said, I'm out. I don't want to see have to tear all this stuff down yep. because, you know, like you mentioned with Klay Thompson, I love Klay Thompson. He's not the same player anymore. And, you know, they had one last run in them. They won an NBA finals with it. I don't think they have it anymore. And it stinks for Steph Curry because Steph is still at the top of his game. And Steph, I think, still has maybe a couple years where he can still compete and maybe even get to an MVP-type level. The other guys just can't. And, you know, that shows how special Steph Curry is. But it's the end for them. And it stinks for the Warriors, but that's the end. And so who knows what happens with them, honestly. And, yeah, you're right. If I'm the Wizards, I'd love to have them get involved. I'd love for them to say, well, we're done with Jordan Poole. We'll give give him to someone else and let them figure it out. I'd love for them to do that because I think that he's still got talent, and I don't know that he just fits with the Warriors, but I think if you put him in a right system, you put him with the right guys, I think he can still be a very good basketball player. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them.
1: We bring about Jordan Poole, Wisconsin product, right? Local mm-hmm. kid here, Milwaukee kid. I, I, I need to know, Johnny Davis, man. What what happened? I mean, Johnny Davis at Wisconsin was that guy, all that, and then ends up in the damn G League most of the year, and then finally at the end of the year comes up and, and shows you a little something-something. Wh- where are the fans at? Where are you at on Johnny Davis? Because you would think now that that's his job. That two-guard position is now his job if Bradley Beal's out of there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because the, the Wizards draft picks over the last couple of years – haven't been anything, you know, Corey Kispert's a nice role player, Denny Avdia, a nice role player. They really need someone to to stand out. And Johnny Davis, I think can be that guy. He showed a lot of flashes at the end of the season. I think it was the same thing that he went through in Wisconsin where struggled early and then figured it out and turned into a really good basketball player. Now he's not going to be an all NBA type player. I don't think like he turned into a Wisconsin, but I think his big struggles are the same thing that he had issues with in college. And it gets amplified in the NBA. He's not a great shooter. And he has to score a lot of his stuff from the mid-range, and that's really not the NBA game. So I think that he'll be fine. I think he'll be a really good defender for this team going forward. I think he'll be a really solid role player, maybe a starting shooting guard that can give you you know, 15, maybe 20 points a game. I think that he's actually going to be a pretty good basketball player for this team. But for number 10 overall pick, who knows if that's really going to live up to that. But I think he's still going to be a really good player for them.
1: Your thoughts on the Bucks seeing them get eliminated the way they did uh, to the Heat, watching from a distance, not being obviously involved as you were before here. Uh, to me, they looked old and slow. That That's what it looked like to me. Um, and Giannis afterwards threw butt under the bus, got butt fired pretty much. Um, and, you know, the whole typical Giannis crap of, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> the coach didn't tell me to guard, you know, Jimmy. I'm not going to guard Jimmy. I mean, I just do what the coach says, blah, blah, blah. I, that just irritates the hell out of me. Like It was cute the first time a couple years ago when he did this stuff. I'm done with it. Like You're the damn superstar. You're the best player on the team. Go guard Jimmy Butler. He's got 35. Okay, that's enough. I got him now. I'll take it from here, guys. Y'all tried. I got it. To expect Drew Holiday to guard Jimmy Butler was asinine to begin with. Uh, and he did the best job he could, and it affected his offense because he's so damn tired running around chasing after Jimmy Butler on the other end of the floor all the time. Um, but this team, again, is looking at that that second apron again. Where the Phoenix Sun said, who we don't care? Whatever. Yeah. Matteshiva said, I got this. By the way, Matteshiva, who was talking about buying Lazarus shares from the Bucks and being the other guy. And instead, who did the Bucks get? Jimmy freaking has them of the bronze. Holy <laughs> crap, did they screw that up? <laughs> Whatever. Let's not let's not hold on to that forever because I'm going to. Um, but Brooke Lopez, a free agent. Chris Middleton has the option, the, uh, the the chance to opt out here. There's already some talks out there that they're gonna get him a long-term deal and then Giannis, and then Holiday. Now, I don't know what the hell they were offering for Bradley Beal. That was a surprise to me. I have no idea what they were offering. But if they were even conversating and making offers for Bradley Beal, something of significance was being broken up yeah. from this core. I didn't think anything was going to happen to this core. And now I'm wondering whether or not something may actually happen to this core going into the next season.
0: Well, and I know your usual co-host, Nathan Marzian is the king of the Chris Middleton is good fan club. But I honestly think that if they could have pulled something off where they moved Middleton for Bradley Beal, I think that would have been an upgrade because I think that Beal is a better scorer just naturally than what Their numbers are you, so close to being identical, though. Yeah, I mean, they're very similar. And that's why I think it would have fit. I don't think it would have made any sense to try and move Drew holiday for him because Bradley Beal plays no defense. And that's obviously Drew Holiday's calling card. Right. So you might add more scoring, but you're going to give up more points on the other end. So. I don't know. When you look back at that series as a whole, it just looked like the Bucks never matched the intensity that the Heat bring, which is a lot. And so you have to go in ready for that. It didn't seem like the Bucs were. And for them to go out in five like that is kind of disappointing, but it just seems like the Bucks weren't in it this year with that it, for whatever reason. And obviously the Heat went on an incredible run. So maybe it makes you feel a little bit better if you're a Bucks fan, but either way, no. I think overall, This team is going to have a lot of decisions to make. I think that they're still a good basketball team, and I think that if they were to run everything back, it'd be totally justified because they were arguably the best team in the regular season. It'll be interesting to see what new coaching does because one thing that a lot of people love to pile on Bud is adjustments and various things, but the one thing that Bud did is he unlocked Giannis because of his system where he allowed the guys to be on the outside and let Giannis operate in the middle. So what does Griffin do that's different? Is he going to run the same offense? Is he going to try to run more set plays? What What are we doing here that's going to be different? Because, you know, I, I think overall the framework was good for Bud. Maybe he just stunk at the adjustments or fine-tuning it. I'm interested to see what kind of differences Griffin brings because – the Bucs were right there. It just doesn't it just needs to be little fine-tuning things. It doesn't need to be, you know, wholesale changes, I don't think, because the Bucs are right there. It but if he comes in and makes wholesale changes and does, and does this and does this and does this and it doesn't work out, then you're gonna have people clamoring for bud back. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens this offseason with the Bucks and see exactly how Griffin tries to change things up next season as well.
1: Look at Portland, because that's what it's gonna look like. They hired Terry Stotts, former Bucks head coach, come back and be an assistant. Look at what Portland ran on offense. That's probably going to be similar to what you see. Plus, they brought back former assistant Joe Prunty. I've never, ever seen this in my life. I've never seen former head coaches get brought back. Now, Prunty was an interim head coach, but still two guys, two different eras of Bucks basketball. They were never together, but both coming back to help out a former Bucks player in Adrian Griffin and Bucks coach in Adrian Griffin kind of run this thing. Prunty, remember, was the X's and O's guys for Jason Kidd. He was the one drawing up plays out of timeouts and sideline plays. Stotts is known for his offense. So that's what he is. Griffin is a defensive minded coach, from everything I can tell. So he got two guys in here that can coach offense. Uh, and then he's got himself on defense. I, I like I said before, this better work because well, you had proven guys out there that yeah. you chose not to do. And you didn't go that way because Giannis liked Griffin. So, okay. I mean, I get it. You got to go with what Giannis wants. I do the same thing. I'm skeptical, but I feel better now that they have stats in front. of.
0: Well, and the big thing is if Griffin's a defensive guy, what kind of defensive adjustments are we making? Are you actually going to cover three point shooters? Are you still playing the drop coverage? Cause that's another thing. Obviously you want Brook Lopez back, but Brook Lopez fits in that drop coverage. Yes. If you're not gonna run drop, then Brook Lopez probably doesn't fit on this basketball Correct. team. So you're gonna have to work with Horst, with Griffin, those guys gonna have to work together because you gotta find guys that fit. You gotta find guys that fit.
1: 1,000%. I miss Toby Altizer. Uh, check him out. Uh, out in Washington, D.C. Follow him on Twitter at Toby underscore Altizer, 106.7. The fan and the team 980 in Washington, D.C. If you're out and about, he's got a family that still lives back here. So he's back here from time to time heading out. Check out the Brewers game as they take on my fantasy stud, Corbin Carroll and the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks. Toby Altizer, thank you so much, my friend. You have a good
0: one. Absolutely, Sparky. Always good catching up.
1: You betcha. Have a good one. There he is. Toby Altizer.